That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I'm Crystal Knight and welcome back to the show brought to you by Newsweek. This week, I want to discuss political accountability. As a Democratic strategist, I've always been very critical and analytical about the things that happen on the other side of the aisle as it relates to any and everything in politics. Well, this week, I really want to break down what's happening with the classified documents found at President Biden's Delaware home. They were found in November, early November, actually right before the midterm election, But the American public is only becoming aware of it now that the new year has turned. The most immediate question in my mind is, why are we finding out so late? Was this a political play so that the Democratic Party could get through the midterm elections, so that this administration could get through the midterm elections without any hiccups? And considering that the Democrats did relatively well, Maybe it was good timing to release this information later. Maybe it's also just protocol. Once you find something and you notify the Department of Justice, it takes time to uncover exactly what it is and to notify the public in the most you know appropriate manner or way. I'm not sure exactly what the proper and efficient protocol is here, but what it does scream is mystery. It screams a little bit of cover up, but it also screams accountability. Now, many people on both sides of the aisle have said, well, this is the same thing that, you know, happened with former President Donald Trump with the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. And I would say, nah, it's not the same. It's not the same because the documents found in Florida at Mar-a-Lago The president, the former president's lawyers lied about it. They did not want to turn it over. Um, President, former President Trump initially tried to mislead the American public. He also said that he could declassify anything he wanted to, which is not all the way true. And in this instance with President Biden, his lawyers found them or his legal team, someone on his team found them. They notified the DOJ. They've taken the proper steps to make this public and make it aware. And if it was just one instance, that'd be one thing. But this second wave of documents that have recently been found, it just feels odd. And I think we have to talk about it. We have to talk about how we, and I'm including myself, have been so critical of former President Trump And now that this same or similar situation is happening with President Biden, we have to hold him accountable. You know, I was watching 
I was watching the news and recently I saw where the president normally when he's deboarding, walking back into um, deboarding Air Force One and walking back into the White House, he walks past the pool of reporters to take questions. And maybe it's just one or two questions on his walk. Well, recently he walked far enough away so that he could not hear any questions from from, from reporters. He walked far enough away where reporters really couldn't get in reach of him. And the question is why? What are what are we running from? What's the president hiding? And I don't believe that the president has anything to hide. I do think that this situation is tricky. It's political fodder and it puts the administration on the defense. And it puts the administration on the defense as we think about the 2024 election. So some people are saying, well, is this just the president's way of of bowing out gracefully saying, hey, you know what? I've had many mistakes in my first term of office. I will not seek reelection in 2024. I don't know. It's a really good question. And I think many people have already questioned, is he fit for office moving forward? You know, if if President Biden decides to run again, I am sure I am certain that the Democratic Party will stand up and support him and all other would be nominees will stand to the side. But if this classified document scandal, because that's really what it is, turns out to be more than than what we think it, it is and, and that it might just blow over in a week. If it turns out to be more, this could spell trouble for the Democratic Party. Because the question is, who is the next apparent heir to the throne? Who is the next person that the Democratic Party would put up to run for office, would nominate to become president? There have been conversations about Gavin Newsom, the governor of Florida, the governor of California, Um, Obviously, the most apparent person should be Vice President Kamala Harris, but I don't hear her name trickling up into any of the political sphere around who could be the next person. I've also heard Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey could be another person who might likely want to run. Then there's J.B. Pritzker in Illinois. But all of these things begin to fall in place and align once we figure out what the president is actually going to do. But on this document scandal, this classified document scandal, we have to call it out. So as as a Democrat, as a progressive, it's only right that we say, you know what, this situation is tricky. It feels murky at best, but it doesn't feel like the president is actually attempting to to defraud or, or, you know, um, mislead the American public about the documents because he went through the proper protocols to notify the Department of Justice. But two words that no president ever wants to hear is special counsel. And now that Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel to investigate this this makes it feel more like a real like a real thing, like there's something to be uncovered because all of these documents, these classified documents that were stored were stored at his home in Delaware um, under his vice presidential term. So this is a lot of years that have passed since he's since he's been vice president that he's had these documents. He you know, there's an assumption that he did not know, um, but 
the thing that is continuing to stick out to me is that a special prosecutor has been appointed for former President Donald Trump to investigate the many things that need to be investigated about him. But now that we have a sitting president who is going under a special counsel investigation, it just can't spell win for the Democratic Party. It just feels murky. On top of that, we have the ever-going, long-lasting border crisis. The border crisis is continuing to heat up. You know, now that we're in a new year, spring is upon us. And so what we'll continue to see is a surge at the borders. In this latest iteration of things that have gone wrong, number 5789 at the border, we see New York Mayor Eric Adams being very vocal about all of the migrants that are being dropped off or sent to the state of New York in the city of New York. And there's no there's no apparent answer for this crisis. One of the things that I have continuously said is there has not been a single administration in my mind who has gotten the border crisis right. Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security, Border Patrol, it needs to be reformed. It needs to be reformed because we're going to continue to see migrants coming across our borders. And as much as many people would like to say, well, you know, Eric Adams and these big city mayors, they have to share this pain, share this, you know, this this challenge that's happening in border states. What is the long term plan? What is the foreign policy plan to fix or to help? you know, alleviate some of the economic burdens, some of the crime, some of the drugs that's happening in many of the countries that are that are sending or not sending, but people who are coming from these countries to get into America to seek refuge for political asylum for a better life. If America wants to be this superpower and we claim that we are the greatest in the world, why haven't we helped our neighbor? Why haven't we helped our neighboring you know, neighboring countries? And this is something, again, it ties right back to this administration. Is this solely on the shoulders of President Biden? Absolutely not. Because, again, there have been many presidents who have not gotten this right, Democrats and Republicans. But what are we doing to address it? What are we doing about this issue and accepting people in a proper way that cities and states have the capacity to intake many of the people who are coming across our borders? Those are two issues that are just affecting the president and this administration this week. You know, that's that's the border crisis that's continuing to heat up, but also this larger issue about this classified document scandal. We have to watch this carefully. We have to watch it closely. And that's why I'm speaking out about it, because it's not something that we can just brush aside. Two things don't always have to be true. Two things don't always have to be the same. And while I believe that the issue with former President Donald Trump is very different in his classified documents, there are some similarities that we can draw or conclude about what's happening with President Biden. I hope that this does not turn into, you know, some cloud that hangs over him over the next two years. But I can't help but think 2024 is coming and the Democrats have to have a response. 
I'm glad again that the president and his team have shared the documents directly with the Department of Justice. But what does it say to have a sitting president being under investigation by a special counsel? That can't be good for our party. It's also not good for his leadership. But it's something that we have to talk about because it all comes down to accountability. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Crystal Knight and welcome back to the show brought to you by Newsweek. This week, I am speaking with Kara Turntine. She is the CEO of Turnsey Political, an award-winning direct mail and political communications firm that's based in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show, Kara. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Crystal. Congratulations on your show. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. This week's show is all about political accountability. It's about political accountability because it's important that accountability is not a partisan thing. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on, what type of person or party you identify with. Accountability is for everyone. And I bring that up because President Biden is in the news about these classified documents that have been found in his Delaware home. Now, there have been documents found or documents found once and then there are documents that have been found a second time. And in both instances, his legal team has willfully turned this information over, not only to the National Archives, but also to the Department of Justice. And that's something that many people have said is very different than what we've seen in the same case or a similar case with former President Donald Trump. And I think it's important that we say that right now, this is how we're framing the conversation that we have to hold the president accountable because it does feel like there's something that's missing in this narrative about these classified documents. And I wanted to bring you in because you've worked in politics, you've run campaigns um, at the state level, the local level, and even the national level, and you've seen candidates do things you've seen sitting members after they've been elected go through you know moments of crisis and you've had to advise them so if you were advising president you know biden right now considering the moment that he is the moment that he's in with a special prosecutor um, with further documents being revealed with a um, falling support, uh, a, a falling, you know, poll rate for, you know, his support, what would you advise him to do in this moment? You know, this is just a really inconvenient uh, problem that the president is in right now, right? We see a little bit of a scramble happening around classified documents being found in multiple locations, and an effort to try and draw a contrast between a sitting president that is being cooperative, just like you said, you know, cooperative, um, 
swift about res- being responsive and being helpful uh, in terms of getting to any understanding about any kind of breaches, challenges, issues with what was found or how it got there. Um, and that's in contrast to, you know, what we saw with former President Trump. I think the big challenge that I have is that when these boxes were discovered uh, in President Biden's um, possession, we went straight to president to prosecutor. Um, hmm, it, it like that's a good point. So, so quick to move from we found the boxes and we're bringing in Merrick Garland. Um, it took months and months and months of delay to get even information to get any clarity on what they thought they might've had to even be able to go and look. And I don't know, but it feels to me like there was an opportunity missed for this white house to explain, to give context, Mm -hmm. to, you know, prepare the American public ahead of the special prosecutor being assigned And so not only do you have multiple stories for days and days and days of new boxes found, new boxes found, you know, I think there could have been an effort to try to control that, batch it into one story even. Even if there was an internal sweep to say, let me just look and see, is there anything else out here versus this drip of story after story? I just think this was probably a mistake. And then to not have real clarity, um, from the White House in terms of, okay, these boxes were found, we're going to cooperate. Maybe maybe that did happen, but it was overshadowed by the new boxes and then the new boxes right. and then the new boxes. And we go straight to, now there's a special prosecutor and I think it feels like, okay, you're treating Biden fairly. He's getting the same treatment as Trump, mm-hmm. but it also feels very chaotic and that is not controlled communications. And I, I think that at a time where you know, what the president should be doing is talking about his vision for the country, talking about some of the wins with inflation going down, talking about the work that he's planning to do at the border um, with with manufacturing, with infrastructure. He can't he, he can't get to talk about that because of these stories that just keep coming. So, you know, what what would I advise him to say? What do I advise him to do? I think they've got to get control of the narrative right that's what that's quickly. what i hear you saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah they've got to get control and they have to stay in control so they can start talking about the things they want to talk about but kara is this a white house that has ever been in control i mean let's look back over the last two years with how this white house has messaged the american public not only about moments of crisis like like the one that we're in right now with with the president but also with just anything, any of their rollouts, it's always felt a little chaotic. It's always felt a little messy. I mean, I'm thinking about Roe versus Wade. The White House was notified that Roe was falling, but they didn't they didn't pre-plan. They did not have a good plan to roll that out. Student loans. You know, this is something that the president campaigned on. He championed. But when it got time, when we got down to the wire around the rollout, the website wasn't up. You know, when the Afghanistan debacle happened, it was chaotic. So I feel like the Biden 
communications team operates on, you know, a rebound. They're not on the offense with the way that they're rolling out information, which is why what we're seeing right now, it just feels all over the place. Like, what is the strategy to message to the American public about what's happening so that we so that the information doesn't feel chaotic, as you suggested? What do you feel about just the way that they have been communicating any of any of the president's agenda and in moments of crisis that we're in now about this, these classified documents, it feels very much par for the course. Yeah, I think that there's a lot, a lot to what you just dropped right there, Crystal. <laughs> no, I dropped a Democrat. couple things. <laughs> I mean, that was a great, that, that's a great truth, right? We have seen uh, this administration struggle to really capitalize on whatever moment we're in, whether it's a positive moment mm-hmm. of canceling, you know, $20,000 of student debt. Um, there are many folks on the left, like myself, who believe that you need to cancel it all. But but I can see, hey, this is a step. It is positive. It's going to help a lot of people. And can we go further? I believe we can. But this is a great step. Dad got washed out. Um, because it wasn't rolled out in a way that said, I'm a president that's listening. I'm a president that is concerned about young people and young students that are trying to build a dream for themselves. I'm concerned about parents that have been uh, pushing their children to go further. It just wasn't wrapped in a way that people could really get their mind behind it and around it. And then before you could even start to level that out, here the lawsuits come. And then you don't hear anything about student debt and the fight to make the $20,000 a reality anymore. It Mm -hmm. just goes radio silent in a big way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's lost in the forest for all of the, all of the chaos around the Republicans trying to block it. Um, And I think that that was a mistake, you know, maybe, Roe versus Wade is a better example of, you know, how Democrats overall were able to leverage the tragedy and push through the midterms as a result of, you know, this undergirding energy and motivation. But there was an opportunity before Roe versus Wade to protect the right to abortion care. And we we missed that opportunity. Why did we miss it? Why did we not fight harder to codify it? before Roe came down, that that missed, mixed signaling, mm-hmm. I think it makes it hard. It makes it hard for the American people to stay excited, to stay motivated. Um, and we had to spend a lot of money and work really, really hard to win these midterms as a result of that. Right. It all comes down to controlling the message, making sure the right messenger is there. And I think the people in Biden's administration, I think they fundamentally know this. Perhaps there's some other reason that they can't get the rollout to be as smooth as they probably would like. I mean, there's some stars, you know, working there, right? You got absolutely great people, but there is something that is happening where this just can't, uh, they just can't find a good rhythm. And and I don't know. What do you think that is? I I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, according to a new um, Yahoo poll, there are about 64% or really 52% of Americans, Democrats rather, excuse me, who support a congressional investigation. 
So 62% of people, 52% of people in his own party want him investigated, want these documents, this situation investigated. And you know what I'm thinking, Kara? I'm thinking that this cannot spell victory for the president moving into 2024 if they don't, you know, wrap this up and nip it in the bud closely. When you have polling that's being done specifically on an issue that should not be an issue and the polling is not in your favor and you're not a high approval uh, you know this is not a high approval president just you know mm-hmm. i would say over the last 2 years you know his his poll ratings have really wavered based upon they, they just go from crisis to crisis and so if we're looking at you know the national review put out you know this poll that was done by yahoo that says 52% of 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 democrats support a congressional investigation what does that mean for the president moving forward Listen, I think you're right. The big thing here is that this has to get done and it has to get done quickly in order for Biden to even begin planning a a reelection launch. Right. Right. Um, And it has to be done quickly and cleanly. And perhaps that's why what seems to be a beeline to special prosecutor happened so fast. I think that now. But why do you think that that. That was fast. I mean, the documents were found November the 2nd. We're now in mid-January. Is that too fast? Or or is it that we've, we're just being aware of all of this information that could have been building back in November? No, I mean, you make a good point there. You know, the, the challenge with Trump is that he, re, you know, denied having anything right. um, for so long. And perhaps the, the process would have felt... Uh, expedient around him too, if there hadn't been what appears to be obstruction, right? Right. Denying, you know, over and over again that there were no documents, having attorneys suggest over and over again that there were no documents only for someone to blow a whistle in in his internal organization to say, not only there are documents, but I kind of know where they are in the house. And then, you know, having to send the FBI in there to go get them, find them, and recover them. So, you know, kudos to this White House for, for trying to do that. But that slow drip just makes it impossible to, to get the move cycle, to, the new cycle to move on. And I think that this has to be, in part, feeling very fast because the administration is cooperating, mm-hmm. because they are, you know, being diligent about, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Right. But this means be over with and it's got to be over with quickly i mean there are other big looming issues that this white house has to deal with the debt ceiling the republicans are now in control democrats are losing spots on all of these committees you've got the challenges that are at the border you know pending uh you know in a little bit of drop in inflation but certainly concerns there remain there's so much on the plate of this White House right now that this is a distraction and we got to get past it quickly if Biden is going to try to recover some of his favorability. Like you said, he's he's been going down and he's got good stuff to talk about, but can't get there because this is in the way. Yeah. You know what also is in the way is the lack of information, at least that I think the White House has given about the gap in the, the president being vice president and becoming president and these documents being at his home 
or being in his possession, rather. Maybe I should say it like that, because these are documents allegedly um, that were classified when he was the vice president. Well, he was the vice president many years ago. We're in 2023. I mean, so we skipped a whole term of Donald Trump being president where he had these classified documents. And that's something, again, that the White House isn't making it plain so that people can digest. Like, how could someone have classified documents for that long and it not be discovered or recovered um, when they, you know, have these logs of people that are coming in and out of their personal space? These are questions that we deserve answers to. And again, I go back to accountability because I, of course, I'm a Democrat. You know, I like President Biden. I am a supporter of this administration, but it doesn't mean that they should not be questioned about their behaviors and what's happening. Look, I agree. And I think that's why you see this administration uh, cooperating so succinctly. There is a need right now in our country to, normalize accountability we mm-hmm. we we had a president that uh, defied accountability and defied the principles of our democracy uh, and that by all accounts uh, instigated a, a January 6th coup attempt in the United States of America the normalizing of accountability is I think something again this White House could, capitalize on could talk about could leverage as a communication strategy and they have not done that right you know the the mere fact that they are cooperating crossing the t's dotting the i's answering the questions um not leveraging the media as a weapon in order to distract and deter any investigations that are happening is a testament to what the standard of the presidency should be that mm-hmm. no president is above the law. Are they talking about that as a White House? Are they using this moment to galvanize the country around even me? I deserve the scrutiny. I deserve to be uh, called out if something is not being done properly. And, and I will be accountable to you, the American people. I, I, I think it would be great to have that happen. And maybe eventually it will. But the normalizing of accountability is a big part of why I think Americans are saying, look, treat them the same, investigate them, look at them. But gosh, if you guys didn't miss these documents in eight years, <laughs> right? I mean, critical, you know, I mean, eight years is a long time. That's a long absolutely. time. Absolutely. So I think this is another moment that could be capitalized on by this White House. Um, and for some reason, it's not. Yeah, I I wonder, too, that, you know, again, I, I like how you said that it does come down to is this something that can, that the president can beat? I think the president can beat this this scandal. And I don't even think it's a scandal. It doesn't have to be a scandal if we just nip it in the bud, you know, get it over with and, and don't keep it at the forefront of Americans minds. But as we continue talking about it, as we see it permeate the news, the news cycle Americans begin to think like, hey, you just called Donald Trump a fraud or a a liar and a cheat, but it looks like you've done the same thing. And that's my concern as we get closer and closer. Now, we're not close to 2024, but we're literally a year away. So we are in the window of opportunity. And so that's the thing that worries me about this administration 
is what kind of effect will this have on the president as he thinks about, you know, his his reelection bid and announcing that he's running for reelection because he absolutely has to do it this year. This is 2023. So he has to do it at some point. But you, you got to get beyond this right now in order to, you know, at least have it land softly on the American public's ears. Look, you bring up a great point. This White House is going to have to be ready to counter how the Republicans overall decide to weaponize this moment and this crisis, right, for the Biden team. And on the heels of a reelection launch, it's the first thing, could be one of the first things they decide to say, mm-hmm. um, among other challenges. But this could definitely be a thorn in Biden's reelection bid in terms of this this witch hunt that it, it becomes a witch hunt, you know, if it's Trump. And now it's a real issue because it's Biden. I think the big difference here is that Republicans are now in control of the House. They get they have all the investigative power. This could drag on for six months. It could yeah. drag on for a very long time. Right. And and really dampen his ability to get off the ground and gain traction and momentum. And so I think that's why by all accounts, this has to get done quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that this White House needs to be ready for the GOP to try to weaponize this. Can they get over it? Can they get past it? Can the president survive it? I think he survived a lot already. Yes. Um, but but we are at a point now where the GOP is trying to move on from Trump. They're trying to look at, are there other alternatives to him? This document scandal was a big part of moving some of those last holdouts, um, you know, away from him. Now that this is ramping up on Biden's side, will Democrats consider an alternative? I don't know that we're there yet, but we better get clear on exactly when is this crisis ending? Uh, or otherwise, it could <laughs> right. be, could be a, a crossroads. <laughs> when is it going to end? Right. <laughs> yeah, this could be a crossroads for this for this reelection bid, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, I think we can I think we can leave it there, Kara, and just say that we are petitioning the communications team to do a little bit better. Thank you for what you've done so far. But but let's let's really try to win in 2024 and let's not allow things like this to deter the progress that this administration has made because of bad messaging. Uh, amen to that. We can't let we can't let these distractions tank uh, what could be a Democratic White House in 2024 by all accounts. Absolutely. Well, um, Kara, I thank you for stopping by the show and chatting with us about this topic. Just from your political comms expertise, I really do appreciate you, you know, imparting your knowledge with our listeners and if there are there any other final thoughts you'd like to leave with us just about this this situation? Look, thank you so much for having me, Crystal. I always enjoy listening to the show. Honored to be invited on. You know, I think accountability to your point at the top of the show is really, really important for 2023 as we're thinking about our candidates, as we're thinking about our donors as we're thinking about the consultants that that work for candidates and elected officials, accountability and transparency, 
and just a pure sense of ethics is going to be a big part of the campaigning process as we get stronger and more consistent about how we vet elected officials and how we vet donors and, and what their agendas are. And to have the president of the United States going through this right now ahead of the 24 election cycle, I think is going to really set the tone for next year. So I, there's more to watch on this. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Crystal Night Show brought to you by Newsweek. The best way you can support us is to give your five-star review on Apple iTunes and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to The Crystal Night Show.